lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. We have some breaking news, um, and it's something that I was actually given a heads up on yesterday afternoon. Um, the, the breaking news we have is the state attorney general uh, in New York, Letitia Wright, uh, she has filed a civil fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump. Quote, Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. Um, I tweeted about this last night. I, I, I got a call yesterday afternoon, evening, depending on your time zone. So I guess yesterday evening where I live. I got a call yesterday evening from a little birdie. And over the years, as you guys know, I've accumulated a fairly significant network of birdies across the country. Is that fair? No, oh, for sure. And, and, and that really just stems from relationships and networks you build when you are on the front lines in the first in the nation caucus state and you get a lot of access to the national political apparatus and develop a lot of relationships as a result of that okay and one of my no little birdie is perfect no little birdie's information is has never failed me um, but to, to obtain little birdie status with me you've got to have a fairly consistent track record of success and this individual little birdie has this little little birdie um, gave me a heads up that this was coming today and then proceeded to share some other information uh, regarding this case and some other things and how it may impact the 2024 presidential election later in this show I'm going to share that with you and the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, because I don't respect anybody's political acumen and analysis more than Daniel's. And I will share what I was told with him. You'll get to hear it then as well. And you'll get to react to that news and what you think it may or may not mean in real time coming up in the final segment of the show. Before we went on the air, I did share it with you guys. Without giving any liens or anything, you know, any hints, just a very generic reaction, if nothing else. Is it worth people waiting yes. uh, 90 yeah. minutes to hear what yes. I'm going to say? Yeah. I can't really say anything more without giving a lien, but yes, it's worth it. Okay. You're not going to feel great afterwards, but no. it is worth waiting. Okay. It doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't mean that that's what I'm going to tell you is, you know, on a stone tablet from Mount Sinai, it doesn't mean that it's etched in foreverness, but it it comes from a little birdie who has given me several accurate heads ups over the years in the past, several of which we've used on this program and have, you know, come to fruition. So I will share that information coming up a little bit later on in the show. Make sure you're tuned in for that. In fact, here's what you might want to do before I share that information, given what Todd told you about it. I want to pour yourself a nice glass of wine from our friends over at Bonner Private Wines and just try to get chill and on the down low 
while you uh, just to, to, to build up as much down low as possible before I share this little birdie scoop or thought with you. Uh, in about 90 minutes. Our friends over at Bonner Private Wines from deep in the Andes Mountains, some of the best red wines made on this planet. Families that have been doing this for going on a second century, and they do it the old-fashioned way. They do it the right way, and the proof is in the pudding. These wines taste fantastic. And we've been offering you this deal where you get half off the wines and half off of shipping, so double half off 50% savings. Now they throw in a bonus of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar, so the same deal now applies to four bottles instead of three. If you want to take advantage of it, Bonner Private Wines, plural, bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve is where you can go to get your wine today. As I already teased, we'll discuss this uh, in more detail with the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, next hour, as well as have some buy, sell, or hold. At the bottom of this hour, I'm going to go out and on a limb and, and give you my forecast six weeks out for the 2022 uh, midterm elections and why I am making this analysis. And I am going to include a factor into my analysis that I never have before. I've never even considered this. But I am, I just think we would, I would be on a human, on a personal level, I would be remiss if I'm going to address on a cosmic level some of the things that are playing out in our culture and then didn't apply it to forecasted outcomes at the exact same time. So I'll walk you through that. I have uh, updated maps. I'll update them again in a couple of weeks. And then we'll probably do it weekly, the final four weeks of the campaign. And we'll see uh, what changes between now and then or questions Todd and Aaron may have. So I've got maps on how I think things will transpire in governor's races around the country and also in the Senate races. And I'll have a projection on House seats for you as well. That is coming up at the bottom of this hour. But before we get to that, of course, let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by a swampy special master. What looked like a major win for Donald Trump related to the raid of his Mar-a-Lago home by the FBI is taking a swampy turn. The appointment by U.S. District Court Judge Aileen Cannon of a special master was done for the explicit purpose of determining whether the thousands of documents seized by the FBI actually fit the purview of the already phony investigation they had embarked upon. Judge Raymond Deary, the appointed special master in the case, is now asserting that the Trump team must first prove that some of the documents seized were indeed declassified by Trump. Problem is, it seems neither the DOJ nor the judge seem willing to allow Trump's legal team to review said documents, a direct contradiction of Judge Cannon's order of the appointment of a special master. The other more pressing issue is that Trump's legal team is skittish about providing any proof of declassification they do have, fearing they may reveal their defense for Trump against a future indictment. The bottom line is this, it seems almost a guarantee at this point, Donald Trump will be indicted. In other FBI news, a new whistleblower complaint from the House Judiciary Committee alleges the FBI is currently moving agents off of child sexual abuse cases and moving them to political investigations. The whistleblower reports being told, quote, child sexual abuse investigations were no longer an FBI priority, end quote. Another administration official, this time Corrine Jean-Pierre, 
is blatantly contradicting Joe Biden's quip the other day that the pandemic is over. She explains Biden was confused because he was walking through uh, the, the Detroit uh, car show, the halls of the Detroit car show, and he was looking around. We have to remember the last time that they had held that event was three years ago. Moving on, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, Senator Marsha Blackburn and a bevy of other state and local officials are calling for an investigation of Vanderbilt University in Nashville after an investigation by the the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh revealed that institution's hospital was and is performing genital mutilation and chemical castration on minors. Walsh says Vanderbilt started its so-called gender transition clinic in 2018. One individual, Dr. Shane Taylor, sold the college on the clinic during a lecture that same year, stressing how much money it would make. Some of our BUMC financial folks in, 20, in August of 20, sorry, October of 2016, sorry, a couple years ago, put down some costs of how much money we think each patient would bring in. And this is only including top surgery. This isn't including any bottom surgery. And um, it's a lot of money. Female to male chest reconstruction can bring in $40,000. A patient just on routine hormone treatment, who I'm only seeing a few times a year, can bring in several thousand dollars because that requires a lot of visits and labs. It actually makes money for the hospital. They're saying they're quoting roughly around $20,000 for a vaginoplasty, but that doesn't include your hospital stay, that doesn't include your post-op visits, that doesn't include um, your anesthesia, your OR. So I would think that this has to be a gross underestimate. Female to male bottom surgeries, these are huge money makers. These surgeries are labor intensive, they require a lot of follow-ups, they require a lot of OR time, and they make money. They make money for the hospital. Another individual connected with the clinic stressed that those opposed to such mutilation would face consequences. So yes, Vanderbilt, if someone has a conscientious objection to participating in this sort of surgery, it, it probably have to accommodate you to the extent that you can find another person who can do your job, who doesn't have an objection, other things of that nature. But I just want you to take home that saying that you're not going to do something because of your conscientious, because of your religious beliefs is not without consequences. If you don't want to do this kind of work, don't work at Vanderbilt. Matt Walsh also noted that at some point in the last month, Vanderbilt has scrubbed a significant portion of content from its website regarding chemical castration of minors and genital mutilation. Walsh laid out his investigation in a Twitter thread, and I'd encourage all of you to check it out for the full story. PayPal and Venmo have both permanently suspended the group called Gays Against Groomers for allegedly violating both those payment processing platforms' user agreements. The suspensions, both from separate companies, happened almost the exact same time, according to Gays Against Groomers. In Arizona, Mitch McConnell's Senate Leadership Fund is canceling nearly $10 million in television ads for the Arizona Senate race because McConnell is a petty, vindictive old turtle. And finally, Biden and Trump on 60 Minutes. We created the greatest economy in the history of our country. Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. The unemployment numbers for African Americans, for Asian Americans, for Hispanic Americans. Virtually every number was the best. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch. Hardly we had the best stock market price ever. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. You know what? She deleted 33,000 emails. How that could possibly happen? How one, anyone could be that irresponsible? And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? 
by that I mean names of people who helped or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. I, yeah, I think it's disgraceful what she's done. And I, I mean, do. honest to God, that's all I think. The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. Don't. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. Yes. It was our Justice Department. Yes. It was Obama and Biden. That comes from the Twitter account Maze Moore, and that's what happened while we were away. Wow. I, I had not seen that before. Nor had I. But, I mean, that'll preach. Hey, but it, it's okay, America. No mean tweets. No mean tweets. It's all good. That was your trade. Karen, that is the trade white suburban female America made on all of our behalfs. That in exchange for no mean tweets. So. And we got the guy who can't walk and chew bubblegum at the same time per his own press secretary. That was the excuse because he saw a shiny thing. There is a conflict about whether autumn actually begins officially today or tomorrow. I'm, I'm just officially saying today. It's today. Is it today? I thought it's, it was today because we had a storm front come in last night. It's about 30 degrees cooler than it was. All the windows are open. The pumpkin candles I had all going this morning. I am ready. I am Earth, wind, and fire day, too. <laughs> I am totally ready for autumn. That also means football tailgate season. That also means great peak cooler season. Get a premium cooler from our friends over at Tyga Coolers. They're just like you. They love this country. They watch, listen to this show. Uh, they come to the blaze to get informed, and they just happen to make you know pretty badass coolers uh, for a job. All American-made with lifetime warranties as well. They can customize those things for you, like you want to put your kids' pitch. We got Noah's football pictures yesterday, man. For that was, JV. That's cool. Dude, those are nicer than like the pictures that Heisman Trophy winners took when we were kids. I mean, it's amazing with the, how, how much how much more they make it, the, what they make available for the kids these yeah. days. I mean, what did we do? Grab your helmet, dude, and take a knee in the grass that, and we'll, that's we'll exactly take a Polaroid. Yeah. <laughs> those were our pictures, right? And we were better for it. <laughs> yes, we were. But now, hey, now they, you know, my parents could not have done this back in the day, put me on the on the cooler. But now you can't if you want to do that. They can customize it for you or just sell you uh, a plain old badass cooler if you want uh, and give you 10% off and you use the discount code Steve at checkout. When you go to taigacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A for taigacoolers.com. Let's, let us go to the montage. I, I actually want to begin with the Vanderbilt story. I mean, this is... I, I, I hate to keep saying it. it. It just keeps being true. This is demonic island of Dr. Moreau levels of evil. I found it particularly fascinating to preemptively attempt to threaten you that they would not honor any religious objection to mutilating any of God's Imago days. And, and here's why I found it particularly fascinating. Vanderbilt University was chartered in 1872. That's when it was founded. As Central University by the Southern Branch of the Methodist Episcopal Church. Construction began in 1873, 
when shipping and railroad magnate Cornelius Vanderbilt donated then a princely sum by their standards of a million dollars out of his personal fortune to break ground and build the school. In 1875, Vanderbilt became the first major university in the South to charter a divinity school or a Bible college within its academic curriculum. And in the year 2022, we now know that Vanderbilt University wants to castrate children, chest-bind children, transhuman children in the ultimate guns-up middle finger to the creator of the universe. There's all kinds of academic places. See, why do I use phrases like demonic in my analysis? There are plenty of other secularly founded universities that if this was just merely a political or even moral disagreement of fundamental and existential importance, how many secular universities would have, could they have chosen to use as such an aggressive launch point for such an initiative? And they would have gladly lined up and taken the drip, right? Mm-hmm. Why do it here at a school founded by the Christian church that became one of the first major universities in the South to include a seminary that also happens to be in Nashville, Tennessee, in the heart of the Bible Belt. Why do it there? Because of those things. Because the same beings driven by the same impulse to take the first married couple in the history of the universe and tempt them to fall, to rub it right in the Creator's face, are the same beings and the same impulses that pick places like Vanderbilt University and warp them over time, decade after decade after decade. Now you know how Al Gore, of all people, received a degree from the School of Divinity at Vanderbilt University. True story. You wear them down, you wear them down, you wear them down. Harvard's original slogan for, the, for, for Christ's truth and the church. Every Ivy League school originally founded as a seminary. Now they are exporters of doctrines of demons brazenly and openly. Those are the signs of the times. Can you see what is actually happening around you? I put up a link this morning. I, I taped an interview yesterday with Eric Metaxas, the multiple best-selling author. He's got a brand new book out. We'll have him on next week about it. 
And one of you, I, and forgive me, one a gentleman in our audience, forgive me, I can't remember his name, I, I get so many emails a day, sent me a link to a talk that he had given about a month ago at a church, I think in Dallas or Houston, somewhere in Texas, and said, you got to see this. And I mean, I was just blown away by it. And I had already been booked to be on Eric's show before I watched this interview. So, I mean, it was just, you know, serendipitous. And uh, I would urge you to go watch this show. Watch this interview. It's uh, it's linked on all my social media accounts because Eric is approaching this from the same vantage point we are. So he asked me questions in ways almost no one else ever has. He asked all the right questions to prompt all the right and most aggressive answers from me. And you're going to get him if you watch this. But the Cliff's Notes version is this is why Vanderbilt University had to be the place where we get these kinds of videos from. It is on purpose because this is cosmic. What's playing out here is far beyond saving America or Republicans and Democrats or red and blue, far beyond that. All those things I just mentioned are, if this was this were a chessboard, America would be like a, uh, a bishop or a rook. Red and blue would be like a knight. Republicans and Democrats would be pawns. We're going for kings and queens here. Royalty. Not mere soldiers, officers, stakeholders. We're going for checkmate here. We're playing for checkmate. That's what's going on. And that's how you end up with institutions like this founded as they once originally were that now are weaponized and mobilized against their own founding. That is on purpose. You guys have any thoughts on that? Well, just the, the overt demand, knowing that legally all of the pitfalls that not too long ago would have been realized about saying you don't get to be a conscientious objector in any way shape or form make sure you take you don't get to object and we don't care about your conscience find out in your mind in your heart in your soul where that goes beyond the walls of vanderbilt university because if you can't or you won't you will be snuffed out i told todd before you came in reading through that Twitter thread that Walsh put out, it was as if Satan himself was taking off a mask and just saying, hey guys, it's me, mm -hmm. Satan. It's Give me literally my propers, me. Recognize. It's literally me. Yes. What the F are you going to do about it? That's what it felt like. Todd, I I'm, don't want to steal his thunder as well. In anything approaching a sane society as Todd pointed out before the show, and I'm just blatantly ripping him off now, and anything even approaching a sane, just, dare I say, moral society, this should stop the earth spinning. We're going to make lots of money mutilating kids. And if you have a problem with it, oh, sure, sure, we'll, we'll grant your religious exemption. But there will be consequences for you, and you shouldn't work here if you don't want to mutilate kids. What are we, we going to do? What are we going to do about it? There, you know, an investigation? I'm sorry, that's great. That's great, Governor Lee. That's great, Senator Blackburn. No. 
send in the flipping National Guard yes. for something like this. Yeah, literally shut it down. Shut, shut it yes. down. Stop it. Like stop it. Rope like line, actually tape, do something. Tape the grounds. Stop it. Stop that from occurring. If you're Governor Billy, you need to stop that from happening. If you if you were Governor Billy and you watched a white van pull up and grab a kid off the street and take them, would you call for an investigation or would you say stop that van? What would you do? Stop it. Stop it. Stop that from happening. It cannot occur. Shut it down. Then you conduct your investigation. And anyone that took part in this, the people on those videos, they're all criminally charged with punitive, vicious level of penalties to make an example out of them. But stop it from happening. It cannot occur. The doors of Vanderbilt University should be closed this morning. Not going to have a football game Saturday. This is a toxic waste dump. We're not doing this. Not safe. I'm glad that Aaron included the special master in your montage. Because I don't know, but it kind of feels like this thing's going south. Yeah. Evergreen. Yeah. Kind of, it, it, it appears we're beginning from the premise of um, the burden of proof is on you. The defense, like. On the defense. Yeah. 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 It, this is an extraordinary, unparalleled, unprecedented action against a former president. It's a coup. And, and the burden of proof is on you to prove that it's, that it's unworthy and a scam. It's on you. But hey, guys. Mitch McConnell with a 7% approval rating has pulled all the funding out of the Arizona Center race. Just to prove... Those are your friends. Those are your allies right there. That's your red wave coming to save you right there. There it is. Yeah. He's concerned. Yeah. He's concerned that Masters and other Republican Senate candidates will win. Yeah. You know the old line from The Godfather Part 3, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in? Mm -hmm. It's the opposite for me. Every time I think I'm in, they pull me back out. Every time. I mean, I guys, I am so tempted right now to GOP so hard in response to everything that is going on. I mean, so tempted. And I have nearly done it on numerous occasions in the last few months. Just go back to GOPing hard. And then every time I think I'm in, they pull me back out. Right? Like every time I'm like, oh man, God's own party is our only hope. 
I get an email from someone uh, because the governor did the uh, let's uh, let's 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 be less racist than Democrats and release even more criminals from prison. Oh, wait, my sister's dead because you did that. Right. That email we read on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Billy in Tennessee, too, who also calls for an investigation. You're the chief ex- executor of the law, bro. You're the sheriff of the state. Execute the law. Stop this from happening. Every time I think I'm in, they pull me back out. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how I feel. I mean, it's the opposite. I mean, my my flesh wants to GOP hard in re, in response to all of this. And then every time I'm about to to go back to you know Republicans pounce. Here's your heroes. Isaiah one, where would you yet be struck? I'd. As you said before, Steve, our, the, the grace instilled by our faith is supposed to tamp down the viciousness of the ma- masculine instinct mm-hmm. that has run roughshod throughout human history. But there's no, like, here, the op- this is where you act as a man to protect those weaker. Correct. You, you, without, like, there's no, there's no gray area, there's no ambiguity, yet... The faux Christian instinct, and this is we talked to yesterday in overtime about churches, like it, it has been so turned into just be nice that they're chopping human beings up. Yeah, and they won't act. The temptation should be your cabinet should be telling you here are the things you cannot do because you're pushing them for yes. act, such strident action in response to things like this. Right? Yeah. Instead, I call for an investigation. There you go. best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier to the test in your home. We did in ours, both uh, with some uh, smelly middle-aged guys for monthly poker night uh, and also with smelly teenage boys uh, in the midst of uh, summer conditioning and football season. And it more than stood up to the task. I've gotten several notes from people around the country who also put it to the test where pets and odors and other things are concerned, and it did the job for them as well. It's filterless, so you won't be spending an arm and a leg forever replacing filters. It's a fantastic product. They come in packs of three, and right now you can get that three-pack for under $200 total. For under $200 total, you get packs of three for clean, fresh air, and the shipping is free as well if you get it at EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, you know, like... East of Eden, EdenPureDeals.com, and use the promo code Steve3. You'll get that special offer, the three units, the three-pack for under 200 bucks, and free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. Use the promo code Steve3. So the 2022 election is within six, or is six weeks away. 
And I spent some time yesterday looking at uh, data, but looking at environment as well. Uh, Some of you have asked me questions like, well, you keep pointing out that you don't think in Arizona, for example, Kerry Lake will win by five or more and Blake Masters will still lose. That you doubt that Ron Johnson could win by four or more. And is it Michaels? Tim Michaels is the gubernatorial candidate there, I think, that he would still lose. Or especially in Georgia, that uh, Brian Kemp could win by six or eight and Herschel Walker would lose. I'm I'm from blank state and in 2020 we saw this one number one i wouldn't take any of the results of 2020 particularly if you were in a battleground state and extrapolate anything meaningful from them because they're they're literally made up that's number one but number two 2020 that you know uh, stolen election aside environments are king And one of the things I've always tried to do is to help you to do your own analysis, right? Day may come that my number gets called. I get hit by a bus. Time for me to move on. I've done something dumb. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I want you guys to be able to do this like we're not here. You can see through the BS and analyze this stuff yourself. The number one thing that you have to begin all political analysis through is the environment. What's the environment in your state, right? Like if you live in Maryland, where our buddy Daniel Horowitz does, or New York State, where our buddy Shannon Joy does. The environment's almost irrelevant because the, the national environment is because of the local environment around you is so blue that on a statewide level, you have very little chance of penetrating that. Or, or if you do, it'll be with a Republican like Larry Hogan, who just wasn't good and talented enough to be on Team Democrat. So he, he went GOP instead. So start always by looking at the environment. What's the environment in your state? Right? Like the partisan makeup, the atmosphere. But what's the environment on a macro level? And the environment in 22 is way different than it was in 2020. So even if we didn't have a stolen election, and we did, even if we didn't have a stolen election, and we did, even if we didn't have a stolen election, you could not compare the environment of 2020 to 2022. They're, they're, they're not the same. I mean, Joe Biden had net positive favorables in 2020. His job approval right now is like net minus 18. So they're not the same environments. You can't, you can't make them the same. So you you can't say because I'm in a a state like North Carolina and we had split voting. It's not the same state or, or same environment, totally different environment. Also presidential elections have always have higher turnouts than midterm elections. And so midterm elections, more than anything else, are driven by base fervor. This is also why a lot of times in very low turnout special elections and and you see huge upsets and wide swaths like Scott Brown winning Ted Kennedy's Senate seat because one side's base is way more energized than the other. The energy is on the Republican side. So those are a couple of things to keep in mind environments cannot be altered they happen organically like Ron DeSantis could have done everything he's done in the state of Florida but if an unpopular Republican was president right now instead of an unpopular Democrat he'd have to be fighting a lot harder for his re-election because the environment would be different right Mm -hmm. you can't overcome an environment we can't either We're 95 days until Christmas, Todd. I know you're excited about that. 
which means we're a couple of months away from the time of year where you need to wear a coat whether you want to or not because the environment dictates that correct yes i mean you could ignore it and then be stupid and get sick but the environment happens on its own environments emerge organically events cause environments to happen candidates and campaigns cannot alter environments they don't change environments they're not they're not driving environments they're products of it or they have to react to it now you can turn an environment to your advantage like if i were wearing go back to my winter analogy if i'm wearing the right coat and the right gloves i go out there have a great time i know your family's big skiers right sure. and so in what's normally a brutal harsh environment with the right equipment and the right skill set i can take a brutal harsh environment and turn it to my advantage yes. right that's what you do as a skier yes. right okay and a lot of and almost any other case three feet of snow would be looked at as a debilitating factor right mm-hmm. and into having fun on any level whatsoever but skiing just happens to be like that's exactly what we're looking for i can turn that environment to my advantage but you can't make those slopes three feet deep of snow you can't make that happen right, right. that's the environment environments happen organically candidates have to respond or be products of an environment they don't drive an environment if an unpopular Republican were president right now, we would not be heading to a Ron DeSantis name the score reelect. He'd still probably be favored to be reelected, but it'd be a much tougher fight. He wouldn't be making August and September visits to other states to campaign for other people. He'd be spending much more effort on the ground in his own state. He'd have to. He'd have to lock that down because the environment outside of his own political scope that he's directly a part of is out of his control now. So always begin by analyzing environments. There's a new factor that I'm going to start including. The spiritual element. I'm going to start analyzing things where I see spiritual strongholds really at play. Let's start with the gubernatorial map and you'll see that when I show it to you. This is how I think things project to go six weeks from yesterday in the 2022 midterms. I believe we will end up with 30 Republican governors and 20 Democratic governors. I believe the environment has, is changing in, in Pennsylvania. And I don't think it's anything that, that Oz is doing more favorably. That's a Senate race, but it plays here too. The environment is changing. Because overall, the environment is, is returning back to where things were in June and July. I believe Michaels will win in Wisconsin. For an upset, I'm going to pick Minnesota. The reason I'm going with Minnesota, twofold. One, there is a very credible poll in Minnesota that has, in a statewide race, the Democrat Attorney General Keith Ellison losing. And in that same poll has Republican gubernatorial candidate within the margin for error. Also, I can tell you from my COVID stand resistance, Minnesota was a key state in resistance to COVID stand. In fact, the Republican gubernatorial candidate in that state was a factor in that. Which brings us to Michigan. Yeah, I want to know about Michigan. This is where I am going to apply spiritual analysis. I think the gates of hell have built a moat around that state. Keep in mind, 
This is my former home state. I went and spoke there earlier this summer. I'm on the board of one of the largest conservative organizations in the state, Stand Up Michigan. So I'm, I'm, I'm fairly well attuned to what goes on there. We had a gubernatorial primary there. We had like four or five candidates with significant followings. You've had a long time splintered Republican base grassroots, conservative grassroots there. They have on the ballot in Michigan a kill them all baby bill that's going to drive out more of their base than we would typically see in this demoralized environment. And frankly, I'm not impressed with what I've seen from Tudor Dixon's campaign. I'm not unimpressed. I just think she's got to be and her campaign has got to be a lot better than this because hell has dug in its heels for Gretchen Whitmer's one. That's the devil's own stuff. You're going to pry that governor's mansion from her cold fingers. Okay. And that's why that abortion bill is on the ballot statewide there. I got a call from a pro-life leader in Michigan like a month and a half ago who admitted to me they weren't really all that ready and prepared to fight this and was asking me for help. Okay, so I, I, I think that Michigan's resistance has got to, and Tudor Dixon's campaign, you got to up your game. You are not up against political forces here. You have to understand you're the Virginia of this cycle. And you're going to have to literally make this a battle of good and evil because it is. So I am concerned about how things are trending in Michigan. There's also not another statewide candidate that's very popular that might be able to help her. Like, for example, the example I just cite, the examples I cited in Wisconsin in, in Minnesota, in Georgia, in Arizona, all right? She's the top of the ticket there. So she's got to be the rising tide that lifts all boats. And right now, I don't think her and her campaign are up to the task. I just don't. This is what I was Because they're running, yeah. they're running a typical, yeah. even, a, even a typical GOP kind of culture campaign. Nope. You're going up. This is the gates of Mordor kind of stuff, man. Be ready for that. Okay, that race required a Kerry Lake level of candidate, and it doesn't have one, or at least she hasn't shown she is that person yet. Yeah, because Kerry Lake calls things evil. Yes. You, you, this is what I was trying to get the point I was trying to get across yesterday. You must say what is right, what is wrong, and how you will act accordingly. There's no small government keep the trains running on time. Just don't be crazy element to that. I understand. Actually, the crazier things get. The more that instinct, like common, we we've talked about it on the show. Sooner or later, common sense kicks in. No, it won't. It won't kick in in Michigan. The, the, the Michigan is ground zero. I, I think the spirit of the age, especially with that abortion bill on the ballot yeah. there, I think the spirit of the age would sacrifice Minnesota, uh, would sacrifice Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, who I also have going red, I, Nevada. I think it's I think it would trade all four of those states to continue to hold, the, to have the grasp on Michigan it has with that woman and with this abortion bill on the ballot. The Republicans and, and the people on the ground in Michigan, you have to get more serious about this. You need the mindset of an exorcist, quite frankly. Yes, you do. Yeah. That brings me to, am I nuts for including this in my analysis these days, by the way? No. Because I just, I kind of, I was kind of thinking I was nuts not to at I this point. Agreed. All right. Let's go to how I project Congress. Now, here's what's not pictured here. 
the house, my house map would, with all the districts, it would look like a mess and hard to follow. I'll just give you the bottom line numbers. Right now, I project a minimum of a 23 seat gain for Republicans, minimum, which would put them at 235. And the reason why my minimum is not 50 is because they already gained a bunch of seats in the last election. I think they'll do better than 23. I just don't think they'll do another 50 because there's not as many winnable districts after the gains they made last time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I am projecting a minimum of 235 Republicans uh, in the House of Representatives for a majority. Here's what I think will occur in the Senate races. I actually think this is trending to Oz winning. And I, I don't think it has anything to do with him, actually. I think the environment there is changing because Fetterman just is simply not well, cannot do the job. And you can tell that the environment is slipping. The ground is shrinking under their feet. No, we're not going to do any debates. A couple of days later, well, maybe we'll do one. Okay, we are going to do it. They've lost control of the narrative there. There's too much video, too much footage out there. And the environment was already against them anyway. I think Republicans sweep Nevada and Arizona as well. I think they I think New Hampshire statewide in both major elections goes red in this environment. And I think we end up with 54 Republicans and 46 Democrats. That would be a gain, I think uh 5 seats. That would be a 5 seat gain. There's 49 Republicans now. Thoughts or questions on this map? What does this I, this is going to be my question every time. How does what does this map say about? I know you've already said about ditch. You likely retiring. What does this map say someone about who would good, replace him? Someone brought up a good point to me that they don't believe. They're, listen, I live in Kentucky. We've still got Andy Bashir here for another year, um, and different states do it differently. Sometimes the governor appoints. Sometimes there's a recall, or I'm not a mm-hmm. I'm not a recall. I mean a, a, a replacement election. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a runoff in uh, Kentucky is a is a, is an appointment state, and even as much as as much as McConnell hates his base, he he this guy thinks there's no way he's going to retire and let Andy Bashir, the Democrat, appoint his successor. So he he foresees McConnell if no one if Trump doesn't line up a challenger for him that McConnell may wait until after 24 and then retire to hold the seat um, uh, for that election, which I could I could see that scenario. Okay, well, that being said, then what does this say about a potential challenger map? What does this map say? Same thing that? as before. Um, no one will rise up and have the... Imagine Donald Trump was never a Republican and everything else is the same. Who do you foresee making any of the machinations necessary to be ready the day after the election to take him on? Because they're going to have these leadership elections shortly after the votes are cast. All right. Who's doing that? Who could you see doing that? I see nobody doing it. And I couldn't foresee anybody doing it without Trump. Trump, I still believe this map either way still has to put his thumb on the scale. I do think that might barring the conversation we're going to have next hour, might increase the odds that it puts his thumb on the scale because you're talking about people, put that map back up there, Aaron, I'm sorry for just a second. In my, in, in, if my map is right, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Georgia. Now, Herschel Walker may not necessarily be singing, you know, the ballad of Donald Trump right now, but those four places have candidates who simply would not be political realities if it were not for Donald Trump, right? Oz, Vance, Masters, and Walker. Now, one of these things is not like the other. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not drawing moral or ideological, mm-hmm. um, you know, parallels. But would any of those four be where they're at right now without Donald Trump's initial no. uh, rocket fuel of their of their of their prospects? No, they would not. And so, 
that may be where Trump thinks maybe I've got more of a chance to put them on the scale with people that are more loyal to me. But Donald Trump has other issues right now, and they are significant, at least from what I understand and am being told. And that is something we will talk about next hour with the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Until then, we'll have some fun. We think anyway. We'll play some Buy, Seller Lindsay when we come back. Stay tuned. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. You can also find clips of the show that are free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And I, and I got a really nice feedback note yesterday, by the way. A gentleman uh, sent me a note and he said, I, I, I've never encountered anyone has, as fugly as you that projects as much self-confidence as you do. Where does that come from? And I wanted to make sure that Credit went to, you know, where it should go. Uh, you should get the credit you deserve. So, you know, I said, I've really got to thank your mom. Uh, I mean, uh, she really. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. That's how I responded to him. I said, well, credit, you know, credit should go where it de- it's deserved. And I've really got to thank your mom. I mean, she. She knows how to boost a man's ego. That's what I told him. I wasn't fully prepared for that. No, you didn't see that one coming? No, a lot of them. True story. That that interaction actually occurred yesterday. Yeah, that, that did happen. So... Um, I'll make, I'll, I'll wait, uh, the follow-up physical threat, pass that on to the authorities and I'm sure nothing will, nothing will happen. I'm sure that's how it goes these days, right? Uh, you can also, where was I? Oh, if you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. You can uh, show your appreciation for us. If you have yet to do this, uh, please leave us a five-star review, hit subscribe or follow. Please make the required offering and sacrifice to the algorithmic gods. Thank you to all of you that have done those things already. We appreciate each and every one of you as well. All right, let's get to some Buy, Seller, Lindsay, brought to you by Rough Greens. If you're a pet owner, you know that taking care of your pet means more than just giving it food and water. It's an important part of your family, so it's health and happiness matters as well. Did you know, though, that a lot of the food that you're buying for your pet at the store has been stripped of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that your pet needs just for the same reasons um, that they do that with the people food that we buy from the stores these days. That's why we're buying so many supplements to put that stuff back into our diets. And now there's a supplement for your pet. It's called Rough Greens. But you might be wondering, if I take that powder and mix it in with my dog's food and he doesn't like it or it doesn't work, you know, I'm out of money. And, you know, this is the let's go brand and economy uh, we had, we American households lost $6 trillion of net worth last quarter. We're, we hear you. That's why we're giving you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. It's on us to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. You just pay for the shipping. 
because we want you to have some investment in the equation because we think the product is good for your pet that we want you to use it. All right. Go to roughgreens.com, put it to the test, take advantage of this offer. R U F F for roughgreens.com, or you can call them at 833 Rough Dog. You know the rules of buy, sell, or Lindsay. Aaron, with some help uh, from the audience, in fact, a lot of help uh, from his friends in the audience, Todd, uh, you and I, and in true Lindsey Graham fashion, we are propositioned. We are propositioned by, in this case, the audience. We should clarify that. Uh, with a series of statements, predictions, and prophecies, no topic is off limits. Once per episode, you and I are permitted to use a hold. But if we use it for any reason other than how in the world did Aaron let that on the air, you have violated the dude code by punking out and you have to let Lindsay hold you. We'll get through as many of these as we can. And then what we have remaining will go for bonus, bonus, bonus. See, you know, Lindsey Graham's on the, on the, is, is doing this segment. And I just, I'm, I, I can't avoid using terms like buy. Um, the bonus buy, seller hold will be available exclusively later today for our subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. Aaron. Excuse me. <clears throat> Calling an audible here off the top. Okay. As I choke. I just saw this video. Somebody on Twitter tagged all of us in, in it. Now, I don't know if the description matches what's actually going on in said video, but this video is ostensibly, allegedly, uh, a number of Catholics, French Catholics, kneeling and, I suppose, playing the rosary when some punk comes by, starts playing music very, very loudly in an attempt to disturb them. And so one of the people uh, uh, apparently play, uh, praying the rosary gets up decks this person grabs them by the scruff of their neck and escorts them away buy sell or hold you want to take this one first is that an appropriate response because i i kind of dig it but then again that's uh was anybody is. in physical harm yeah the guy who got decked. No, but I mean, he was clearly a blasphemer, but was he a physical threat to anybody mm, doing the prayer? Probably not. Then as much as my flesh says, <laughs> no. uh, buy all the buys, I'm going to probably have to act on the better angels of my nature and sell. Environment matters here, per our previous conversation. Uh, there is an option to buy in this general um, providing of details for this, Aaron. So since that's the case, I'm going to buy. Amen. We will begin with We Are All V, who says America will have a digital... Hold on, can I go back to your thing? Can yeah, I go yeah, back? Yeah. I'm sorry. It is 95 days until Christmas. What is one of my favorite Christmas stories? Yeah. Santa Claus. St. Saint Nicholas Nick. at the Council of Nicaea. Yes. Getting up. And I never can remember, is it Arius or is it Marcion? That's who they're meeting about at Nicaea. Yes. It's one of them. Yeah. Right? I can't ever remember which one. Right? And Nicholas gets up at the Council of Nicaea in front of the all the bishops and it, Emperor it, Constantine. Arius, by the way. Is it Arius? Yeah. And he, and he just freaking drops him. Just decks him. Just like pimp slaps him, man. Like right there. He's had an, he's heard enough. Can't handle it anymore. We're done. Done having an argument. Done with the disputation is done. Someone's got to silence this level of blaspheming. 
How, how can I, I'm off brand. How can I share? How can I share every Christmas that St. Nicholas meme and yes. sell on that? Yes. Well, so, like I said, so I will, matters. You I'll, had one I, in your head. I will buy the way you bought. There is an environment yeah. where this is, where this is justifiable. And I'm open given to how demonic, openly demonic things are at the moment. Yeah. I'm openly, I'm open to the fact that this might have been said environment. Amen. Sorry about that. No. That's good, uh, good uh, clarification. We are all V says America will have a digital currency before November of 2024. The caveat is it won't be the only currency. They'll attempt to have it in tandem with the dollar to further analyze who the quote-unquote problematic people are by seeing who refuses to convert. Uh, this I could see. Sure. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I, I think we had this a week or two ago, and it was a it was you know a, a, a totally self-sufficient singular um, replacement currency, and we all thought there's no way they could they, they can do that in such a short amount of time, but. And- my, this sort of a pilot program to see who will take the mark, basically. My, um, my I could see that, yeah. quip about the cartels not liking a, a, a total digital currency. You can totally see this. Hey, guys, don't use paper money anymore. Only people who are buying drugs are, are using paper money. I could see something like that happening. Mm-hmm. Truth Over Vax says, by 2035, California will enact a limit on the number of children a family can have. It'll begin with a four-child maximum. It will not apply to illegal aliens, nor will it be enforced on non-white citizens. I, I can see this, too. Yeah, I could buy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have cities like this, like if you have blue enclaves like Seattle, where people people literally own more dogs than, than have kids. I, yeah. So you, you, you do that when the culture has affirmed it. You don't do that before a culture has, right? So yeah. I could buy that. And you can yeah. declare things like this. You don't need to be consistent about this. We just learned this in Martha's Vineyard. You can be a sanctuary city and you can have exceptions that aren't even codified. They just Correct. will be. Because as, Christ, as Christina Puchow in DeSantis's office says, it's not hypocrisy. It is hierarchy. Yes. They, are, they are better than you, or at least think they are. Yes. Tsar Scream says, it's a violation of the dude code to not be interested in any sport. I'm talking about the traditional sense, stuff like pro gaming doesn't count. I tend to agree with this. What is pro gaming? Like like esports. Like oh, esports, like okay. professional yeah, video yeah, gaming. Okay. I, I tend to agree with this um, because competition is inherent to dudeness. The desire to want to compete, the desire to witness others competing, the desire to measure yourself, to 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 want to excel. I mean, in the scripture in the New Testament, Paul uses terms associated with um, with marathon running and other competitive uh, events uh, as a parallel to the the spiritual race that we run. Uh, by all means, I don't think at, at, at any point the first commandment God gave to the first man he made was to go forth, subdue, and procreate. The idea that we are to be flaccid and not seek per- competitive pursuits is a total and it's anathema to dudeness i will buy this i will buy it but i'm taking your traditional sense to mean very traditional and not just like modern day boys who can shave traditional because that's that that would be wrong but you have if you take this into hunting and all of those areas uh you are absolutely right there is a very very broad spectrum where this itch can be scratched historically 
Next, Chris B. says the political Politico story about uh, none of the left voting for Liz Cheney was written because the left is actually afraid she'd run and take votes from them. So, no. Yeah, no. No. By the way, that doesn't mean your analysis is wrong, okay? Like, that doesn't mean that there's not some Karen from the cul-de-sac who just is like, I couldn't, I can't vote for 20% inflation anymore. So, let me, but I, but so... Uh, let, let me vote for Liz Cheney as a pro. That doesn't mean your analysis is wrong, right? I mean, I think you made the point, Aaron, when we had this first conversation with Bob Vanderplatz, that yeah. you can make an argument. She's, she'll be more dangerous to them, yeah. right? I don't think your analysis is wrong, but they don't think the way you think in right. D.C. Right? The people that work at Politico, I used to get paid to write at Politico. All right? I'm, I'm well aware of the internal culture there. Uh, the, the people that work in, you don't exist to them. They're, they, I, I call them District 1 from the Hunger Games for a reason. Total different level of, of self-awareness that you wouldn't find self-aware on any level at all. This was literally them just rubbing her nose in it and saying, hey, services have been, you've been paid for services rendered. You've been weighed, measured, and found wanting. Now off with you. Thank you. Yeah, this, this is why Republicans lose so much because they think like this about Democrats. And so they're always, they know that they're compromising in their own. I mean, so many Republicans, this is Steve's point about, I, I didn't go there to do something. I went there to be somebody. And that part of that being somebody, like I can't, if I lose, what will that say about me? So I can't really stand for anything. And I got to constantly be doing this feng shui. Meanwhile, Democrats are just conquering civilizations. So that's why that they don't care about losing this election or a single election democrats they don't they are fully planned on weaponizing the circumstances of this which is why there's going to you know the blm burning in the streets that we the next two years 22 to 24 this this uh it's going to be a hostage crisis there they're going to be leftist democrat uh, terrorists everywhere not a slip just doing what they want to do anyways because they have manipulated this to win either way in their eyes. Next, we go to Nicole Mitchell who says, Narcan, the reversal drug for fentanyl overdose, is currently available over-the-counter in many states. My prediction, it'll quietly be removed from the FDA approval as the opioid crisis grows. Buy, sell, or hold. Wow, that's that's some dark stuff, man. Then buy. So I'm buying it. Yeah. We move on to Andrew from Kokomo, Culture War Drafty, who says there is a better than 50% chance the jabs are an essential role in the warning that Jesus gave in Matthew 24, 37, when reading Genesis 6, 12's statement of all flesh being corrupted in a literal context. So 24, Matthew 24, 37, as it was in the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not, I'm comfortable looking at what the scriptures say and with them as the source seeking examples or parallels in a contemporary context, context of the times when we're, when we're living. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not comfortable going the other way, looking at those things and, and then, um, going the other way and saying, well, it must mean th- I, because this happened, I think it means this. When I talk, when I kid about the jab being the mark, 
I don't literally believe the jab is the mark of the beast. The point I'm making, though, is the mark of the beast is a sign of fealty, loyalty. Which of these kingdoms do you belong to? And you can clearly see that it's like in the it's like in one of the Apostle John's epistles when he mentions the word Antichrist for the first time in the Bible. But then he also says, For we know they've already gone out, many Antichrists have gone out. I mean, there's already gone out there people that have attempted to push fraud, that, uh, uh, heresies, frauds. Jesus wasn't God. Uh, Jesus isn't the Son of God. There is no Trinity. Jesus wasn't physically resurrected. They, they dealt with these things. One of the first works of the early church is Arrhenius is against heresies. It's many of the same things we still talk about today. Okay? So there were already, John writes there, archetypes of that which he is ultimately warning about. Archetypes of these sorts of things have already occurred. And that's when I talk, when I, when I make an analogy of the jab being the mark, it is an archetype. I don't believe it is the literal mark, but is an archetype of how such an, such an endeavor would be orchestrated and conducted and, and fulfilled. And now we have a living example of it. This to me, you're asking me to make a very specific application and I'm not comfortable doing that. That doesn't mean you're wrong or I think you're terrible or anything. I'm just not comfortable going there. So I will sell. Yeah, obviously thematically uh, talk to me, but I will sell because of the specific 50% mark. Like I don't know what's behind your math on that. I'd, I'd be willing to listen, but I don't know off right now. So I'd have to sell. All right, we'll lighten it up a little bit temporarily. Stephen Brody says, uh, greatest all-time Major League Baseball team by position. So this is like an all-time team with the uh, So we're going back to like players. Abner Doubleday. I guess, okay. I guess. Right. Uh, we're going to start with catcher Johnny Bench. I'm okay with Bye. that. I would buy that. Yep. First base, Lou Gehrig. I'll buy. I'll buy. It's not terrible, but I mean... That's a position where there has yeah. been a lot of yeah. greatness, right? Yeah. Um, but I'll buy. Second base, Jackie Robinson. Well, you, you guys know I'm a huge Jackie Robinson admirer, and he was also a hella player. And it's not a very deep position of greatness either in Major League history, so I will buy. Third base, Mike Schmidt. Similar to first base, there are so many yeah. great players that you could go with here, but I'm okay with that being the name, so I'll buy. And I'd be okay if you pick like three or four other names, too. You know? I saw. I probably would have sold a couple, but I just happened to run into a stat about him, and I don't even remember what it was, but it was just like jaw dropping. Wow! So I will buy. Shortstop Ozzie Smith. Sell. I'm gonna sell because even even no steroid A Rod was an all timer. You have Derek Jeter there, meaning that. I can get a lot more offense without... I can get A-plus offense with B-plus defense as opposed to A-plus defense with C-plus offense. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to sell on that one. Sell, but I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy yeah. either. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Right field, Roberto Clemente. Well, my boy Kurt Schilling will tell you this This is maybe the greatest player he ever saw growing up. Um, this is high, high on his list. Oh, I'll buy. So... um. Outfield is so hard, man. I know. Because there's more great players here than anywhere else, right? But, okay, I'll buy. Yeah. Centerfield, Willie Mays. 
A lot of people will tell you, maybe the greatest player of all time. The first maybe ever five-tool player as we define it today in Major League Baseball history. So, yeah. Left field, Ted Williams. Oh, bye. The greatest hitter. I mean, the line that Roy Hobbs uses in The Natural, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best damn hitter that ever lived. That's a Bernard Malamud copied that directly from Ted Williams and applied it to Roy Hobbs. So, bye. Of course, now we're at the end of this list almost. And we, Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth are not. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go back. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to go back. I watched an incredible documentary from like 20 years ago on Babe Ruth earlier this summer, by the way. And I mean, really, he was the prototype for everything the modern star athlete we take for granted is now. You're a force of nature. We had never seen anything like this in really in American history. But Hank Aaron has to be there. You're talking about the only guy to average for a career, a 300 batting average, have over 3,000 hits and over and over 1,500 RBIs and seven 700 home runs, never hit more than 50 home runs, just every year for 20 years when the mound was high yeah. in the pitching era of Koufax and Gibson, the names that are coming up here in a minute, yeah. in that era, every year, 35, 45 home runs, 130 RBIs, 300, every friggin' year. And I mean, and, 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 and like Jackie Robinson, you're talking about one of the most important athletes in the history of the country as well. Transcendent um, in terms of his cultural impact. I've got to put him there instead of Clemente. So I'm going to put, I'm going to, I'm going with Hank Aaron. So this is really an impossible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're getting rid of Hall of Famers left and right. Yeah. But I actually think even though my boy Schilling loves Clemente, I think he might agree with me on this one. Yeah. 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 And he would actually not put Babe on the list because Schilling's position is no players that played pre-integration should be on the list because they didn't go up against necessarily all of the greatest talents of that era. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Right-hand pitcher Bob Gibson. I mean, I'm okay with it. You're yeah. talking about a, uh, there was a year, those years in the mid to late 60s of dominance, maybe the most dominant any right-handed pitcher has ever been. I mean, I'm a huge Nolan Ryan guy, uh, but I'm fine with Bob Gibson, too. Sure. Left hand, Sandy Koufax. If you extrapolate his numbers before he had to shut his career down, it makes sense. But I would go with Randy Johnson here. I I think Randy Johnson is the most singular threatening element as a pitcher I've seen in my my lifetime. I'm going to go with Randy Johnson here. But I can't, I'm not like offended that you went with Sandy Mm -hmm. Koufax either. And closer, Mariano Rivera. I mean, I, I think pound for pound, you could argue the greatest pitcher in Major League Baseball history in terms of what he did for as long as he did it and at mm-hmm. the level he did. Uh, yeah, that's an auto play for me. You bet. Yep. All right, moving on. We go to Caleb Google, who says Steve would hold a pumpkin-spiced Lindsey Graham. Mm, you buy. deserve that. Yeah, I could yeah, buy that. You yeah. deserve that. I just think Lindsey Graham isn't smart enough to pumpkin spice himself. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Griffiths has uh, Steve Day Show cover parody band name ideas. Boosty Boys. <laughs> I like that one sure. a lot. Yeah. Pearl Jab. Yep. Perfect. Booster 182. Oh, these are good. I like these. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkin Spice. That's no, really good. Actually, they've, these have all been really good so far. <laughs> the Who Fighters. As in the World, World Health Organization. Organization. I like yeah. that. These are good. Uh, and then rage against the vaccine. These have all well landed. Yeah. Every yes. last one of those landed. That doesn't happen very often, right? There's like, I mean, that's that's like the Orioles 
uh, rotation in like 1970 when they were all like 20 okay. game winners. Palmer. Like, yeah, all those guys. Who's the rest? Yeah. There's Palmer, and you can't remember everybody else's names. But I mean, that's that ain't you know spawn insane and pray for rain, man. I mean, you threw a Cy Young out there every single every single night. That's Glavin, Smoltz, and yep. and uh, and Maddox. If we want to make it more contemporary, right? That's great stuff right there. Good. All right, now for some whiplash. Gina Adams says, The professional psychiatric community will redefine pedophile behavior and promote its normalization within the next year. Yeah. Bye. I could see that for sure. Yeah. For, yeah. I, already happening. It's already yeah. happening. But yeah, I could see like the American Psychiatric Association and yeah. stuff like that. You bet. I could see that. Right. I mean, I'll just tell you, my wife went through um, some continuing ed uh, programming as a therapist. And she was already telling me about some of the stuff they're already trying to introduce along these lines. When we get to, you know, sexuality and sexual dysfunction, they're already attempting to impose this stuff in accreditation and licensing and things of that nature. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely coming. Something wicked this way comes. Yeah. You bet. Uh, next, we go to Stephen Barham, who says after the midterms, a nuclear device will be set off in Ukraine and will be used as justification for an all out war against Russia. I'm, I'm going to sell. Um, and it's not because I don't think your cynicism in this era is warranted. It's because I believe in the meeting last week that Xi sent Putin a clear message. The clock is ticking. Time is running out. Take your W's. Take uh, what you've gotten. And we've got to move on. Um, uh, they're starting to feel the pressure. Everyone's tired of it. Um, and and, I, and it, I think it was very clear last week when they met that... Uh, now, I thought China would do this like if it went on for two months, let alone six. But I think China's patience with this ha is running out. I will sell, but I I don't not necessarily because of that, although I don't disagree with it. But but like I don't I don't think Russia in the timing of going after Russia right now is that requires that level of response. Next, John Berner says the establishment will ensure Ron DeSantis will never be president by any means necessary. I'm going to sell Bye. on I'm going to sell on this. Um, unless we're talking about like assassinations. I mean, I could totally buy that. Yeah. But but I'm going to sell on this because the level of obsession. That is ongoing with Donald Trump has without a doubt already shielded Ron DeSantis a great amount. And, and I also think he's had time to observe how things have gone, Trump versus the machine. And you've seen him, I think, in response to that, make some very clever and smart and cunning strategic plays. He tends to, um, we're not running a random playbook here. It's a, there's an offensive scheme. There's plays set up other plays. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to sell. I'll buy. This is who the establishment is. Next, C. Smith says the best-selling product this winter will be wood-burning stoves and heaters. This will lead to laws restricting the burning of wood. I think about this stuff way too much. Bye. It's. I I, I could I, that won't happen here. We're not that far gone yet. Could I could I see like Germany or somebody saying, "Hey, we've got a new climate study that burning wood includes CO2." Uh, that, if, so if we're talking like anywhere in the world, okay, I could see that. But 
we're not that far gone here yet. So if we're talking America, sell. If you think, if you're telling me that they could pull something like this anywhere in the world, that I could buy. Next, Adrian, pro-constitutional republic Slade says, sales from uh, Steve Dace's new book, The Fourth Rise of the Fourth Reich, will allow him to purchase licensing for copyrighted music for a show, and he restores the show theme back to the Who's Won't Get Fooled Again. I'm going to sell because I don't have control over that stuff anymore. I mean, the Blaze has all that imaging stuff. You know, we have some input and insight, obviously, but they do all that stuff now. So, Well, there it is. Yeah. What you said. If you, you had guys, the, if you had to say, if you could just say, this is, make it so. Well, as much, you, as much as that might be my all-time favorite song, in this era, I might instead try to acquire uh, Beastie Boy Sabotage yeah. uh, as the uh, as theme music, perhaps, instead. But uh, yeah, I'm, you guys know I love that song. I think it's maybe the greatest rock song of all time. Uh, no, not that Tyler says, Pumpkin Spice Gallows after the Nuremberg Trials. Oh, the, if anything should be Pumpkin Spiced. Absolutely, it is the gallows at the new Nuremberg trials for sure. All right, we'll save the rest for overtime before we get out of here, folks, with what's going on with interest rates right now. Um, Since Joe Biden took over, you are paying 185% more interest in your 30-year fixed mortgage or or refi than you were before he became president. More important than ever to make sure you've got the absolute best credit score you can get to get the lowest, most competitive rate and repayment terms that you can get on your in your mortgage, your refi, any other loan you're taking out right now. And you can do that with our friends over at ScoreMaster. This time last year, our family, we used ScoreMaster to help us get to the lowest credit score we could to get the most obscenely low interest rate that we could possibly get for our refi. So I've seen how it works. They walk you through the process. You'll find out exactly why you have the score you have and then exactly how to get to the score that you need or want. All right. If you want to take a look for free, see how many plus points they think they can add to your score. And then you can decide if you want to sign up then as they'll walk you through how to get to that score. When you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve, they might tell you your score is already good enough. Not worth the service. Just roll with it. They might tell you that scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. All right, the little birdie scoop you've been waiting for is coming up next. I will unveil it and uh, get Daniel Horowitz's take on it here in a moment. We don't have a lot of opportunities to avoid doing business with entities and industries that absolutely hate and despise our, our values and way of life. Thankfully, one of the rare places we do is with a product we all pretty much have to use these days, our mobile phones. And that's where our friends over at Patriot Mobile come in. You can make the switch today, probably get the exact same or thereabouts anyway, signal strength that you're getting from one of the communist carriers of Japan. Uh, but now you don't have to directly fund your enemies any longer, and you can support America's really only American mobile phone company. If you're a veteran or first responder, when you go to make the switch, let them know and they'll give you even bigger savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us right now, they're offering you a free activation if you go to my landing page, patriotmobile.com slash Steve and use the promo code Steve there at patriotmobile.com slash Steve with the offer code Steve or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Well, I know this is a portion of the show that a lot of you have been waiting for. Let's bring on the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz, good to see you again, my friend. How are you? We are doing all right, Steve. Great to be back. So I'm going to spring something on you because I want you to be a proxy for the audience. But 
uh, really, it's because I hold your political analysis and calculus in very high regard. And so I want to know your thoughts on what I'm about to say. Uh, I teased this on Twitter last night uh, at the top of the show. I got a call from a very trusted little birdie yesterday evening. This little birdie told me that tomorrow, this civil lawsuit that was filed today by Letitia James, the New York State Attorney General, was coming. Also told me that it would be expanded to Trump's children. That this is essentially a, um, and this is an attempt to launch a fraud investigation to find fraud. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you can find Trump, you know, playing a little loosey goosey with some of the, you know, property values and things that a lot of, you know, one percenter of one percenters in Manhattan do and no one says a word about. Uh, but, but they, they want to use that as a launching pad to have an expansive discovery into all of his endeavors and everything that his children, including his precious Ivanka, are involved in as well. Along those lines, Trump will be indicted by the Department of Justice that he is telling confidants that that is coming. He is now com- confident of it, that the January 6th hearings were done with the intent of an audience of one, and that audience was Merrick Garland. To, to provide him the prima facie um, explanation or rationale to launch or, or to indict him as a former sitting president. Um, that he previously did not think he would be indicted, but now he is telling close confidence that, confidants that he will be. And then he might be facing several matters that he thinks they'll get an indictment out of that county in Georgia. You know, so Georgia steals an election, then turns around and, in, and indicts him for daring to say you stole the election. Uh, family members will, are, are facing legal actions. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, he's telling people he believes will get indicted. That he is telling people that he believes his legal bills right now are looking to be in the tens of millions. Now, I know what people will say to that because it's what I said to my birdie. Well, he's a billionaire. Who cares? Yes, but yet my birdie reminded me, uh, go back and look at what Trump spent out of his own pocket for the 2016 campaign when he had to start from scratch, as opposed to being the nominee all the way through in 2020. He spent less than $70 million in a campaign where about a billion dollars was spent in his candidacy. That My, my little birdie said, hey, look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. He's still financing the deal with Twitter. These guys aren't like liquid at that level. And the, and the issue he has been, that Trump has been told by both the FEC and his attorneys that if he declares for the presidency, neither his super PACs nor the RNC can continue to underwrite his legal bills as they are right now. He will have to pay for them out of pocket or he is in violation of the law, or at least that's the opinion he has been given. Because of these things, my little birdie thinks that the odds of Trump actually running are much lower than what is being presumed. And I will say from another little birdie, I heard uh, that Tim Scott was already fully mobilizing a presidential campaign. I'd heard from, and of course, you know, I hear a lot of these things being in Iowa, that there are multiple Republican candidates from Pence to Pompeo to Haley and Tim Scott and others who uh, either don't think Trump will really run or they won't care. They don't care if he is. They're all running anyway. That really the only candidate people don't know what he will do if Trump actually runs is DeSantis. But all the rest of these people are going to run. And more and more within these circles, there is an expectation that these events um, may pro- pre- preclude him from running because the simultaneous cost of mounting a presidential campaign and then paying out of pocket for tens of millions of dollars in legal fees and who knows where the discovery goes with this Letitia James case? It's, it's a, we all know it's a scam. 
But I was told that the reason why the DOJ, DOJ was, you knew he was, they were going to indict him once they raided Mar-a-Lago. That once they did that, they had to go through it. That otherwise, they would have created another Kavanaugh precedent. Meaning that they can't, they can't try to Anita Hill or Kavanaugh somebody now because we've already proven that that, or Roy Moore for that matter, we've already proven that Julie Swetnick and Christine Blasey Ford are liars. That they couldn't afford that to happen. That once they raided Mar-a-Lago, that was the point of no return. They had to go all the way with it because this would be like another Christine Blasey Ford. Oh, you, you did that and you still have nothing. That means in the future, you're the boy who cried wolf and we don't have to believe you. And I am told also by this birdie that what prompted the Mar-a-Lago raid, the belief is that Secret Service people blew the whistle on this with the assumption that that you know, Trump wasn't showing classified documents to Russia or any of that, you know, blue and on crap. But essentially, they witnessed him showing things like, hey, look at this Moab that we built and everything else to people that were friendly, you know, um, you know, friendly to Trump celebrities that came to visit him, things of that nature. And that and that's how Secret Service people witnessed that. And they blew the whistle on that to the feds for a come hither. That is what I have been told by a, a very trusted little birdie that I have used in my work now for almost a decade. People aren't always right. But that is what I was told yesterday afternoon. And the first domino that they told me yesterday evening was going to occur did happen first thing this morning with that New York State AG case. So that is the that is the information that I was teasing last night. I now want your instant reaction and analysis to it. Well, Steve, I don't see a scenario in which you laid out there that Democrats are going to push that thinking he could be president. That would be premised on the fact that they don't want him to be the nominee. And I just don't think that to be true. I don't think they want to push him out. I think they want to push him in. Um, there is nothing worse for them than having a competitive, exciting, Republican, open primary, fresh face. Uh, they want to bring back Trump for two reasons. They want to obviously drive down his negatives with kind of the middle of the rotors. Uh, that believe in every single you know thing until it's debunked five years later, but it's too late. It's going to be a drip drip. I do think there will be people maybe on par with Rudy Giuliani indicted. I don't necessarily think they're going to indict him yet. I think it's going to be a drip drip that will make him a martyr among conservatives. So he will run, which is what they want. It will drive down, drive up his negatives among everyone else. Uh, so he'll be the same face, clear the field. And you're right. These other clowns will run, but it doesn't matter whether Trump runs or not, because they'll have that narrow lane either way. Uh, you have like 10 people running in the um, Ukraine, you know, uh, neocon uh, lane that uh, none of them could go anywhere. So I don't think that makes a difference, but that will box out, let's say, a guy like DeSantis from possibly running because Trump will become a martyr. It will also distract from every last thing that matters that we could do something about from the broader FBI, uh, DHS, Fourth Reich against all Americans, illegal immigration, transhumanism, food, fuel. It's getting real serious for the winter. Obviously, uh, the death death toll from covid fascism, the vaccines piling up. Every last issue will not matter on the right. Um this is the perfect drip, 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 drip. They'll, the, the, the GOP will focus on him. Conservatives will focus on him. They'll defend him. It will elevate him to run. 
Um, people in his orbit will be indicted, so that will drive down his ratings. But if they were to go to the next step and actually indict him, the problem is, A, that will create a clearance for someone like DeSantis. But I think more importantly, that might be the one thing that will push us to national divorce. You see, Steve, we want it to be over all of the aforementioned issues I mentioned. We should have national divorce. Unfortunately, no one's taking it to that point because I think our colleagues in this industry uh, don't really care that much about those issues. But they do care about Trump. And I think if they actually in indicted him, I think that's the one thing that everyone cares about. You mentioned Kavanaugh. That was a unified flashpoint moment. See, Roy Moore, no one cared about. But what um, unified that him. flashpoint, Daniel, is when we all saw that the whole that there was no evidence to any of it. Christy Blasey Ford could not even could not even uh, uh, justify that she even they even knew each other or spent were ever alone in any location or together in any location. And then the follow ups of the Julie Swetniks and stuff of the world, meaning that. It was when the it was it was when the allegations fell apart that it be, that that that's when it became a unified flashpoint. But but it's also because and, and and I much to my chagrin from speaking to friends of mine who are your average consumer of conservative media they consider themselves conservative the two things they care about are presidential elections and maybe midterm elections to an extent and judicial nominees the Supreme Court that is all they know how to get excited about. Um, so with Kavanaugh, that was everything. And with Trump, it's the presidential election. It's everything. I I want Trump to get indicted, not because it's fair. I believe I 100 percent believe Donald Trump is going to be indicted. 100 percent. Then how do we get around? So he, here's my question to you, Steve. The conservative movement has made its name by perfectly outrage mongering over stuff while ensuring that nothing gets done about it. Right, right. But I don't see how that's going to be able to persist if the one man that embodies all they care about, and that really is all they care about, that's the only thing that gets them to focus, if he's actually indicted, I don't see how that doesn't actually – see, until the step of indictment, it's going to distract from everything we need to do. If they actually go to that step, I feel – that that will push people over the edge to start that national divorce, the delegitimizing of the federal government itself. Now, I think there's a fact, far be it for me to counter the prodigious intellect of Daniel Horowitz. But there is a there is a factor here that I think you have to account for in your analysis, and that's Trump himself. If this scenario that I just laid out for you is what plays out, and the first thing that I was told at about five o'clock local time yesterday as a part of this scoop is already went down first thing this morning. That's the first thing I was told. Okay. If, if this plays out the way you're talking about, he has to fund out of his own pocket, tens of millions of dollars in, in legal fees. If he simultaneously launches a presidential campaign, they're going to expand their probes. Well, we're already investigating him for fraud. How do we know he's not double dipping here? How do we know this is all on the up and up? Do you see what I'm saying? That trying to do both of those things at the same time opens up an entirely different layer of legal culpability here when when we're literally they're 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 filing fraud lawsuits in search of frauds. All right. That's yep. what they're literally doing. This is this is doing that. This is and they're gonna keep doing it. And now he's offered up a new front where he's going to have to show he's paying those legal bills out of his own pocket. 
as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, double dipping here with these entities. And, and does he want to expose his own and his children are already being lumped into this uh, suit from Letitia James. Does he want to expose his family and the children in all of this simultaneously? I, I, I think that's absolutely something that will be within the I calculus of Donald Trump risking. Steve, I don't think he has a choice. I mean, his entire legacy is in you know approaching eighty. His entire legacy is built up around not having been defeated. And it was a stolen election and he needs to win this again to walk away would almost be an admission of of culpability. Even if he's uh, indicted, way- even if he's indicted, they're going to indict him. Mark it down. That's happening. All right, Steve. He's going Game to be on. indicted. <laughs> Game on. He will be indicted. I think they'll, they'll go a hairline up to that because um, I think that maximizes the political benefits on both sides for them. I think we're dealing with forces that aren't capable of the level of cunning that you're talking about. You're talking about ids. I think we're just, these are these are spiritual forces that act on zealotry. Mob outside of Lot's house kind of stuff. Measures, plans, plots. I, I just think that this is just all id, all reaction, all emotion. They ca- If they don't indict him, he will annihilate them in the election. They came at me in unprecedented fashion and, and, and still found nothing. And they spent three years investigating me, and all they got is a is a is an AG losing to a Republican in the polling for some cockamamie fraud investigation that no one buys into. I mean, he's MacArthur returning to the Philippines if they don't indict him. They have to. But you know what, Steve? If that is true, then we need to be in place to utilize that for our, our purposes. That's the question. If that happens, what is the reaction on the right? That's what I want to hear. I think the reaction will be cued by what Trump does. That's why I think we need to analyze his thoughts, because I think it will all be what Trump does, which is if Trump decides he's willing to put his own full fledged personal finances from a discovery process on the table to show that he is not double dipping here, violating election laws by running, then they will do. I mean, we'll make him a hero. If Trump decides this is a bridge too far, I can't go there, then they'll give him a noble exit. But it will be up to what Trump does. He'll de- he'll determine how we, how we react, not the other way around. So, so in other words, you don't see a national divorce as one of the likely outcomes of this? Uh, I mean, no. Like a declared one? Like the, the term you use, self-sorting, I could see stuff like that, you know? But no, I, I don't. I, I don't see that. It's all about the next presidential election. That's, that's right. Yeah, it is. And that's the le- that's the leverage piece here. That's the leverage piece here as well. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Steve, all I could say is somehow these guys have an ability to constantly ensure that we can never focus on the issue that matters and the way it matters at the time it matters. And I think what you laid out is an endless stream from now until through next year where they can do whatever they want to us on every other issue. And there won't even be men on the field to, to, to throw a flag. I I, I get what you're saying. I mean, listen, what what happened at Mar-a-Lago a month ago is a travesty against this country, but there are, there does seem to be a certain amount of people that seem more upset about what they do to Donald Trump than what they're doing to their own families and households. I, I, I see what you're saying where that's concerned. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Take care. God bless. You guys have any thoughts really quick on what we just talked about with Daniel? Your 
conversation and the back and forth and both of you trusting your instincts. That reminds me of one of the great lines from a great movie, Scott Glenn and Hunt for Red October. The hard part about playing chicken is knowing when to flinch. Yes. That's and that's a, what we have here. Yes. Yeah. They have to go to the end. I mean, wh- how extraordinarily weak do they look if they do all of this and do not indict him? He he is Douglas MacArthur, man, sitting on the on the the deck of the USS Missouri on Election Day 2024, taking their unconditional surrender. You know what I'm saying? They, they have to go to the end. But then if they do that, that puts him in a very difficult spot, trying to fight a two-front war right. at the same time. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.